Hello, and welcome back to another Fact Podcast. I'm Dr. Fred Clary, founder of Functional Analysis Chiropractic Technique. And in this week's edition, I thought I would cover a little intro to what causes what. Anything can cause anything. The fact that in your body, you could have a knee pain and it could be caused by your low back or your foot or even your upper arm or something wrong with your hand. I get that a lot in my uh, chiropractic practice. Last 30 years, I'll have people complain about their ankle or their hip or their low back or neck. They'll be worked up at all the doctors, all the best doctors. Dr. Best is everywhere. He's in every state, Dr. Best. They've been to the best doctors, worked up by the therapists, other chiropractors. And sometimes they'll walk into me and I'll say, yeah, you have a shoulder problem, but it's really your neck. Or you have a shoulder problem, but it's coming from your hip and your knee because you're an athlete. And when you run and do thousands of repetitions, with poor mechanics coming, say, from your hip and your knee, it's throwing your shoulder off and causing a bursitis or a tendonitis, and that's your weak link. The symptoms we see sometimes are the weak link. And just because it's screaming, because that body part is screaming, it usually gets the intention, right? Usually the kid that screams the most gets the attention, and the good kid doesn't get the attention even though they're doing the right thing. There's a parenting tip. But it also applies to your body. A lot of times what we think is causing the main problem is not the main problem. You could have a shoulder injury, even a tear from lifting a heavy weight. And the initial cause, the first domino that caused it, the weak link in the movement chain, say you're bench pressing, The weak link could be your elbow. It could be your wrist. Now, I'm sure your wrist hurts once in a while or your elbow hurts once in a while, but it changes your form. It changes your mechanics, and then the shoulder goes. Let me give you a very specific example that if I used his name, everyone would know, but there was a very famous quarterback about 10, 15 years ago. Everyone knew him. He uh, he had a great following everywhere he went, went to the East Coast for a little bit. But let's, let's look at his case. And I may switch up the uh, injury a little bit, but it's going to prove a point here. He got injured, hurt his, let's say, hurt his ankle, very sore ankle, and had surgery on it, some tendon damage, maybe even some bone damage, had it fixed up, rehabilitated it you know, went pro bowl, amazing comeback, and then injures his elbow. And of course, everyone's saying he's getting older and he's getting older, you know, but there's, you know, quarterbacks that are basically out there in the pros now that are in late 30s and even early 40s that do good because they take care of themselves. So age can be a factor, but sometimes we miss the point. The ankle injury later led to the throwing arm elbow injury because the ankle was his planting. Say he's right-handed, so it would have been his left, say maybe a left ankle, or it could have been even the right side. So it was one of his planting or his forward motion ankle. It was part of his lower extremity stability when he threw. 
because the mechanics change due to surgery, due to injury, due to rehabilitation, you're never the same again. He didn't change his throwing mechanics, right? He didn't throw his, change his throwing mechanics. So the elbow got overused in a way it never had been used for 20, 30, 40 years. And guess what? Then the elbow goes. It wasn't that he had an elbow problem. He had a throwing problem. He didn't have an ankle problem. He had a throwing problem. The body is dynamic. So yes, if you slip and fall, like it's icy out today, you walk out and you slip and fall, twist your ankle, yes, you have an ankle problem. But from that point on, you have a walking problem, you have a going up the steps problem, a going down the steps problem, you have a squatting problem, you have a skipping problem, because you have an ankle problem. And that movement, those mechanics are changed. Now hopefully it's just a little sprain strain, you recover fine and it heals. But your mechanics has changed. You learn to run, skip, jump, walk, crawl at a very early age. And by the time you're 16, 17, 18 and you're done growing, your physical stature is about the same and stays the same, then you start getting these motor programs, motion programs, movement programs, and they stick. And if an injury comes and changes one of the components of that program, just think about throwing a football or a baseball. You know, all the steps needed when you're standing and you have to throw that. All the joints that are being affected. That's what you have to start thinking about is when you get hurt or you get injury or there's a problem, you sort of have to be like a Sherlock Holmes and find the initial cause. That's what's so big about chiropractic is because we're always looking for the cause of the problem, not necessarily just the painful area. I can't tell you how many people have had, you know, bad shoulders, bad clavicles, ribs, mid-back, knees, ankles, all from causing headaches because it changes the way they sit, they stand, they hold their head, their head moves forward, causes pressure on the greater occipital nerve, causes, say, a tension headache. All, and you can work on the neck, you can work on the head, you can take a pill, potion, or lotion to cover up the pain, but it's not going to change your posture, your mechanics. And if we work on, you know, changing your posture mechanics and bringing you back to a movement or a posture program you already had since you were 16, then amazingly, some of the pain goes away. I find it interesting that, you know, 50 to 100 years ago, in the profession of chiropractic, you had chiropractors at one time, especially about 50, 75 years ago, that only say worked on your upper neck. Or you had chiropractors that only worked on your sacrum or your pelvis and all the ligaments around that. It's called the Logan technique. And then you have the upper cervical specific technique for those who just worked on the upper neck. There are still some of those practitioners around. And they all got good results with a myriad of things like hip and shoulder pain. Well, they never touched the hip and shoulder. Yeah, they did, because you have a walking problem too. And if I correct your walking, which you do thousands of reps every day, if I correct that walking issue, then everything else has to line up. It's very interesting, you know, that somehow we got into this reductionist philosophy where if I have a right elbow problem, it's elbow. If I have a right shoulder problem, it's a shoulder. Yes, of course. If you slip and you fall and you tear and you hit it, it is. But from the point of the injury on, your body has one job, is that's to adapt. 
That's to compensate. And it starts compensating in all your movement. That's what a limp is. And those compensations sometimes stay far after the accident. I'm in Minnesota right now, and we have a pro football team, which hasn't won a Super Bowl yet. But we a few years ago, we had a very good running back who always led the league. He would run almost straight up, but he blew out his ACL. And they rehabilitated. He did. He worked really hard at rehabilitating it. The ligament they put in there was stronger than the one that God gave him. And he came back. Now, the amazing thing was I was watching one of the preseason games or one of the first games with some friends. And I'm like, he's going to tear that knee again. And, of course, some of my friends know that, you know, I study motion. I study movement. I do that for fighters and UFC, MMA um, guys hire me on the side to look at movement to see where weaknesses and strengths are. And so I was watching him move, and I'm like, he's going to hurt it again. Why? Because he was running like he still had an ACL injury. Lo and behold, he tore it again. What's ACL do? Keeps our tibia, our shin bone, from moving forward, translating anterior on movement. It's uh, anterior stability. It pulls it back. So does your hamstring. And when he was running, he was using his hamstring too much. And I was watching how he's moving. I'm like, his hamstring is contracted too much. So either he has a hamstring injury or he's still running like he has an ACL injury because what the brain will do, it will go down to the next most stable form of stability. It will move to the next program, the next tissue that would help with stability. So if you tear your ACL, then your hamstring increases tone to keep that tibia from sliding forward. Makes sense. We're design whoever designed this is pretty smart. So what happened? He started running, and I'm like, boom, he tore it again because the hamstring is not designed as well as the ACL to prevent that slight forward anterior translation of the tibia or the shin bone. What does all this mean? It means sometimes what you think is causing the problem is not the actual problem. There's many times people go into the hospital, the ER, they're having a heart attack, and you always want to rule that out. You have any chest pain, call 911, get your butt to the, to the ER, get it checked out. Too many people blow you know, chest pain off and symptoms of chest pain. Get checked out. But if you talk to any ER physician or look at any of the research, a lot of these cases are like indigestion or they'll call it costrochondritis, where the ribs or the sternum are out of place. Really, it could be from stress, and the stress can cause all these things. But what caused the chest pain was not the heart, it was something else. And sometimes the hardest thing to look for is what's causing the symptoms, what's causing you know, your low back pain is not the low back. I've seen many patients who've had two, three back surgeries and they get fused up. And I watch them walk in, I'm like, oh, that gait, how you move, gait. How, that gait is just terrible. You know, what's going on? Oh, I've had three surgeries. And I, then I'll ask the question, because no one's asked him the question. Have you always walked this way? Well, yeah, since high school, I've always had a weird, you know, giddy up. Well, where's this come from? Oh, I was playing baseball, I was playing football, I was playing hockey. I injured my knee. So, walking in an aberrant, inefficient way, walking in an odd way that your body can't compensate for over years made one part of the low back work too much 
and eventually wore out the disc, which caused the disc herniation. They did the surgery, but the program for walking that way is in your brain between your ears. It's in your motor cortex, supplementary motor cortex, associated motor cortex. It's in an area of your brain, cerebellum, basal ganglia. It's an area of your brain that coordinates the movement, and that's a program you learned. And it's the most efficient program. It, it doesn't try to say, oh, I have a low back uh, issue now. I should walk this way. No, this is how I walk. And it runs walking. And you go back to the same way you walk that, that slowly over 10, 20 years injured you. And no, walking in an inefficient manner for whatever that compensation was for is not going to blow out your disc today or even next week. Maybe not even in a year. But over five, ten years, the thousands or millions of steps you take, you don't think that's going to wear it out? Of course it will. It only makes sense. And I've heard a lot of people say, oh, it's genetics. And that has a component. Oh, it's genetics. Or it's this. But your nervous system is primary. And if your nervous system is running a program that now that will eventually wear out your low back, well, then there you go. You're going to, you're going to wear out your low back. You have to correct that program. So you have to find a physical therapist, occupational therapist, an athletic trainer, a chiropractor, um, osteopath, someone who works, a specialist, someone who works with movement to correct movement. That's why if you see in the Olympics, they're constantly working on, say, a track athlete's gait. You know, where's your hand position? Where's your upper arm position? Where's your hip position? Because your hand position can change everything. That's a good thing to know. There's a, a famous uh, golf athlete who was on the top of the world, then fell, and now he's coming back. And he's had two, three, four back surgeries. And his swing has totally had to change according to the mechanical changes in low back. Well, that makes total sense. And he's working with the top pros and top coaches to help him straighten out his swing because his, his body structurally is different. And if your body structurally is different, you can't run the same movement program you had five years ago, 10 years ago, 20 years ago. That's important to realize. If the structure is slightly changed, then your mechanics have to actually change. And if your mechanics, the physics, how you move changed, then the program for running it has to change a little bit. And that's why sometimes orthotics help inserts into your shoes. That's why sometimes certain rehabilitative techniques work to solidify different motor programs. What's this all mean? Well, you have to understand what's causing your issue. If you have chronic shoulder problem, it could be the shoulder. Structurally, something's wrong. But maybe it's your movement, your form, say if you're lifting weights, or even if you're doing gardening around the yard. It could be the actual posture, that's static, or the dynamic movement, how you move, the efficiency of that. And biomechanically, mechanically, you're wrecking yourself for your current structure. Well, the way I ran was fine before. Yeah, you were 16. You didn't have a weak low back from sitting all the time in your full-time job now that you're 40. You know, when you're 16, you're always on the go and lifting weights and doing things. Now you just jog a little bit, and you're not doing the same things you did 20, 30 years ago. You had some changes. So even if something is not 
damage per se, if it's starting to get weak, that changes how it works. What does that mean? Have someone evaluate how you move. And if you have a chronic condition, and I even mean an internal condition, you know, I've had many patients who come in with, say, you know, irritable bowel syndrome or some type of visceral condition. You know, they have chronic asthma and, oh, you know, there's something wrong. We say, well, if there's something structurally wrong with your lungs, I can understand that. But let's look at where this asthma is coming from. Well, asthma is an overreaction of the immune system, overreaction just there. So for you, your genetics, your weak link, you're going to show that that weakness through your lungs. Someone else will have eczema on their skin. Same type of issues. They have an immune attack on, say, their skin. And I'll say, well, let's look at your house. Oh, you know, maybe you have dust mites. Let's clean these up. Well, let's look at your diet. Oh, should we remove gluten? Should we remove dairy? Should we remove corn? You could be slightly sensitive. I don't want to use the word allergic sensitive to some of the some of these uh, foods you're eating. Why don't you just take it out? Try it out. And the same type of diet, and this is what messes everyone up, the same gluten-free or dairy-free diet will cure eczema, will cure asthma, will cure someone's irritable bowel syndrome. And people are like, whoa, what happened? I'm like, no, 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 no. You have one immune system, and for the compensation it was doing, for you, your genetics, your weak link in the chain, it was your skin. So that's how you showed it. For you, it was your lungs. For you, it was something else. For you, it was headaches. So sometimes when we're looking at a knee problem, it really could be somewhere else. Now, it's not that we don't address the knee. In my office, we do both. We, we address the primary and the compensation, and if the co- especially if the compensation is not helping. So we work with all those inefficiencies. What's that mean for me, Fred, if I'm sitting around trying to get healthier, get better? If you have something chronic, something bothering you, like I said before, go see somebody. Go see an expert. But don't be surprised if your chronic elbow problem is coming from your, say, your low back and the way you swing the golf club. It's the form, the way your low back's moving and puts too much pressure on your elbow. Or your elbows aren't working and it's putting too much pressure on your low back. As soon as we start moving and hit the ground, we're affected by gravity. And everything between your toes and your nose is affected by gravity and tries to compensate and help move you forward. And there could be a problem anywhere between your toes and your nose. Don't get two, three, four surgeries on the same area without having your movement diagnosed, looked at, assessed. Don't take tons of potions and lotions for a condition without getting a second or a third opinion. That foot problem you have, that plantar fasciitis, may be caused by your low back and how it moves you forward or backward in your dynamics of your walking. That low back could be caused by poor feet. That neck pain or head pain could be caused by the position of your arms and hands. You're slumped over at your desk, pulled forward. So 
your shoulders and your clavicles and your scapula could be causing all these problems. If you're having a chronic condition, take a step back and maybe start looking at other things. If that's not your wheelhouse, then go see someone who can assess you overall, toes to nose, and kind of figure out and diagnose and assess and analyze what the primary problem is for your issue, not the last 10 people that the provider saw. And this has been another fact podcast.